SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Thanks, Sam Hilton Tarrant, on the Market Update this Tuesday evening. A reminder of our SMS line, 34701. Use the keyword market. That's 34701 with the keyword market. Keep those SMSs coming through. And then on a day like today, I'm guessing there are a lot more questions regarding the JSC and stocks than, than there are perhaps answers. First up, the business news. The rand slid to a four-year low and bond yields jumped to the highest in more than a year today. That is rating agency Standard & Poor's raised its outlook for the U.S.'s AA-plus credit rating to stable from negative. This boost odds that the Federal Reserve will reduce stimulus that fueled in demand for emerging market assets. John Cairns, currency strategist at Ryan Merchant Bank, said foreigners continue to dump emerging market debt. He added that South Africa is no exception. It's pure, pure turmoil in the rates market, and foreigners have dumped local bonds steadily in the past week. Capsh Traffic.com, the Austrian maker of toll road systems, said it would get an annual revenue boost of more than 50 million euros or around 670 million rand from the delayed Gauteng e-tolls project that may start next month. At a press conference in Vienna today, Kapsch board member Andre Law said all judicial and parliamentary hurdles are out of the way. He said the system, which has faced opposition from road users, labor unions, as well as car rental agencies, is expected to go live by mid-July. And mining production fell unexpectedly year-on-year in April, partly highlighting challenges that continue to plague the sector. Production fell by 0.4% year-on-year in April after a revised 3.8% year-on-year decline in March. That's according to Stats SA. The JSE down 3.2% or 1,300 points today to end at 39,621. The round at 10.07 to the US dollar, 15.66 to the pound, 13.36 to the euro, gold $1,377 an ounce, platinum $1,475, and a barrel of Brent is at 102. SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. David Shapiro, glancing at my Bloomberg app on my iPad uh, this evening, I was surprised to see, well, not surprised to see that all top 40 stocks were down today. Surprised to see the leader, in inverted commas, was ABSA, only down by one and a quarter percent. That was a leader, yeah. And it's come down quite a lot already. So, I mean, if you go look at the other side, some of the uh, big shares that fell, you know, Bidvest was down five and a quarter percent odd. Or 5% down, I see Woolworths down 5.5%, Life Healthcare 5 and a Mediclinic. Mediclinic. So it was, it was a huge sell-off. And uh, it, it's difficult to comprehend, you know, what's, uh, you know, what's, what's really driving the, uh, the move out. Um, I know that the bond market is... Um, let me put it this way. It's difficult to believe, you know, how the pace at which it's taking mm. place. We know that they get it, that foreigners are getting out of bonds and currencies and so on. But, but somehow it took everything with it as well. Um, you know, we saw British American Tobacco, Richemont, all those shares uh, came down as well. So generally it, 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 uh, you know, it was a sell-off in markets. And yet, just looking up here at the screen, I see that, that uh, the Dow Jones is pretty steady at the moment, hasn't fallen. Even the S&P is, is holding its own. So it seems to be, you know, it seems to be everything other than the American markets that, uh, you know, that came down today. But, but Hilton, to be fair, the volatility that we saw in currency markets was unprecedented. I've never seen movements in both directions. At one stage, we were like 10.36 against 1036, the dollar. And then 10.08, we end. So, you know, when it snapped back, it snapped back fast. So for anybody who's involved in markets or trying to read them, boy, not easy. You don't want to be a trader in this kind of market. 
You don't really want to be an investor. You either. don't either, no. <laughs> In fact, we've eliminated um, the entire gains that we've had this year. Um, you know, uh, Dow, looking now just, just on the screen, is up 22% this year. Now, if we convert that 4% or zero that we've done into, into dollar terms, I think we must be minus, I don't know, 11. So there's almost a 30% gap that's opened up mm-hmm. between American markets and ourselves, which just shows you the, the stampede out of emerging markets into developed markets. In terms of uh, the U.S. dollar, the JSE down 17% in dollar terms since the peak, okay. and the peak was not too long yeah, ago. Last Friday. Well, in dollar terms, the <laughs> oh, dollar oh, sorry. terms okay. might have been different. Apologies, apologies, yeah. yeah. But we 17% is big. Mm. It's, 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 it's a massive movement out. Um, it's, you know, and also it's difficult to gauge how far down this is going to go. Um, I can understand the bond market and we can understand the others, but, I, but we can't get a grip on whether or not the selling in retailers, you know, which we know are under overpriced and some other shares which we've seen foreign uh, um, interest in, like Aspen, uh, whether those are going to come down uh, a lot. I don't think it's going to hurt shares like Naspers and British American Tobacco, SAB, Miller, because they're far more international. But, but where does one, you know, what does one do with, uh, you know, with those retailers and that where we've seen so much foreign involvement over the last couple of years? As far as the currency and uh, bond yields are concerned, George Glenos of ETM Analytics summed it up quite nicely in a tweet, I thought. Maybe mm. we'll talk to him uh, tomorrow evening on the program. His tweet reads thus, Market to Reserve Bank, you need to hike interest rates. Mm-hmm. Reserve bank to market? No, we don't. Mm-hmm. Market to reserve bank? The rand now at 10.31 to the dollar. And now? <laughs> and so it goes on. I, I, I can understand the reluctance because as soon as you raise interest rates in an effort to try and save the rand um, and, and stave off inflation, uh, you put householders and everybody mm-hmm. else who's borrowed under even more pressure. So exacerbating. I know George will have an answer to that. Um, I'm sure he's thought it out, but I, I, I don't think it's as easy as that. I think there are far greater structural problems in this economy. And the other thing is, we've had it really, really good. I don't think you realize how good we are. You know, you, you brought up the other day how far we've gone up uh, in terms of our market relative to the S&P. You know, you quoted and you even sent me an email in just in dollar terms. And that's why, because China was on the, on the march pushing up uh, uh, um, commodity prices. You know, huge money came in here because our interest rates were high. So we've had it good for a long time. And uh, we've forgotten, you know, uh, uh, what it's like not to be bad but, but I think we, we perhaps misused all the benefits that we could have over that period you know, consolidating the money cons- and, and improving efficiencies and so on instead we went and spent it all 319% the mm. JSE is up since 2000 in dollar terms in rand terms it's 364% well, there, and, and, and that's uh, excluding dividends but ex- and where did that, a lot of that came from? You know, the, the rise in, in uh, the iron ore price, the rise in coal prices, the huge gain that we saw platinum prices, the huge gain that we saw in, in gold prices. Why? Because China was on the march. Now what's happened? Where's the benefit of all those prices? What's happened is we've, we've given it to wages, which has been spent, and uh, you know, we haven't seen the investment against all those profits. Why? Because there were demands for higher wages and so on. So, you know, Where's, where's the economy benefit? Where's the foundation that we should have bought? Now we're battling. Now we've got to go back and kind of rethink our strategy. 
David Newsart from Telcom today. The impairment has managed to quantify the value of that impairment. 12 billion rand. We speculated something similar last week. I thought it's half of what we speculated. Mm. But uh, it's a big impairment. And, I mean, if you look at it in terms of rand, I think it's like 22 rand. Uh, being written out, but that's that's academic because I think the market's already uh, taken down the share. Even so, the share price is still half of uh, what Telcom records its NAV is. What was interesting is buried in that announcement from this morning is the uh, the guidance as far as earnings is concerned. Uh, in 2011, this company made almost five rand a share profit in in headline earnings. Last year, it made three hundred or three rand twenty five in profit. This year. Best case, yeah. 93 cents. <laughs> Best case. Worst case, mm. 80 cents. Mm. Well, it's, it, look, at least they're recognizing what they have to do. And I think the market's beginning to respect that and look at it uh, from a different light. Because the, you know, we, we've, the share price has fallen dramatically mm. and people have virtually lost faith. So new management understands what they have to do. I think they've got quite a strong board, you know, as long as there's no government interference. And if the board, if, if, if shareholders, and I'm including government, would just let management get on with what they have to do and take the pain that they have to do, then maybe there's a chance that this, you know, we can get back to the five rands plus. Quarter past six here on the market update. Today's top story is brought to you by IG South Africa. Visit igmarkets.co.za to open a trading account today. Well, first round today announcing the fourth pillar of its financial services business. It already has FNB, RMB and Westbank. It believes the asset management business, Ashburton Investments, fills an important and obvious gap in its portfolio following its unbundling of momentum back in 2011. Bosov Krobler is head of Ashburton Investments. Boss of the million-dollar question, why does South Africa need another asset manager? Hilton, the, uh, the country needs probably not another asset manager. We've got quality players in the markets that provide quality products to the, to the market. We believe that the country needs a, a new generation asset manager that can provide investors with new ways of getting returns into their portfolios and also new ways of managing the risks out there. Also, how does, this, how does the creation of Ashburton Investments manifest itself to the individual investor? How would they start interacting, engaging, buying products, finding solutions from Ashburton? So Ashburton is a brand within First Rand that now gives investors access to investment products that has to date been only available to investment banking clients, for example. Mm. So Ashburton Investments gives clients access to all of the investment products that are available within RMB, within F&B, and within the Ashburton Investment Stable. So you go onto our website or you contact your financial advisor to get access to our products. And, of course, we were, uh, customers of, of different first-round businesses will, will no doubt see some of these products popping up within their existing interaction with uh, with those those brands, and I, I think of a wonderful example you shared this morning, ShareSaver on on the FNB website. We we've spoken about that uh, a couple of weeks ago here on the program, and and highlighted it as a as a really cost-effective way of getting market exposure. That's typically the kind of thing that uh, you'll be doing as well. Yes, so we're very interested in providing a broad base of South African investor access to good and cost-effective investment products. So. We teamed up as Ashburton with F&B and also with R&B in providing this product to the market that that gives investment um, possibilities to a client of the top 100 companies in the country at uh, at a 75 basis points all in charge.
Joseph, what about cost? Uh, you cite that cost, that specific example. looks very competitive and, and perhaps one of the, the most competitively uh, priced products in the market. Will you be competing uh, as far as cost is concerned? We want to firstly compete in the in the types of product that we give investors, and we believe that we will give innovative product, as, as the F&B ShareSaver is an example of. If we can add on to that, to take the uh, to take the cost out of the system that does not necessarily relate to delivering good investment performance, we will definitely try to do that. You also are going to be looking at at extending the types of products, as you've mentioned, the types of products that you do offer investors uh, into areas which the average South African uh, retail investor perhaps hasn't had uh, exposure to in the past. Thinking of things like private equity, like uh, credit investments, where you will take those and perhaps package them in a way that is accessible to to investors. Investors we've heard in South Africa require um, exposure to assets that give them what we call yield enhancement. So that is, we've got historically low interest rates in the country, globally for that matter, but in the country as well. And investors are looking for instruments that they can get a yield above the normal interest rate return that they can get. Now, the the instruments that give that access are not broadly available to the South African investor. There are a few listed government and, and bank and corporate bonds on the JSE, but most of corporate South Africa borrow from banks, hmm. and it's these bank borrowing um, to the, the corporates in South Africa or lending to the corporates in South Africa that we will now package in a fund format and that fund will give investors access to essentially what's been only available to banks in South Africa. And the, the differentiating factor of the types of product that we're going to put together is what we call co-investment. So you get access to the loans made by RMB and by F&B to corporate South Africa, but on exactly the same terms that the bank has originated those assets. Boss, just to close off with you, are not starting from zero. You already do have a, a pool of funds and uh, funds under management from the FNB businesses, the RMB businesses, and, of course, the historical BJM businesses. Yeah, so in uh, the way that we build businesses in first round, we try to challenge the conventional thinking, and then we bring to bear our existing skills, capabilities, and and people that are involved in that activity. That gives us a, a head start and as we build our businesses. Examples of that would be the insurance model and the discovery model. And here we've got assets of more than 100 billion of assets under management that we start off with. We could probably say that it's a birth of a, of a young adult in the asset management space. Bosov Kroble is head of Ashburton Investments. Almost 21 minutes after 6 o'clock for IG being the best CFD provider means finding new ways to help even the most experienced of traders find an edge. That's why they provide professional level charts that update in real time and offer a huge range of indicators and functions, including tools to help you scan the markets and test your strategies. No wonder they're a natural choice for over 140,000 traders worldwide. Take a closer look at what they can do for you by going to igmarkets.co.za. IG South Africa is an authorized financial services provider. Losses can exceed your initial deposit. SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. 
And Victor Holdings, owner of the Bearing Man Group, as well as Agriculture and Earth Moving Machinery Business Capital Equipment Group, out with results for the year to the 31st of March 2013. Revenue up by 35% to 7.6 billion rand in the year. Normalized headline earnings per share up 14% to 7.37. Arnold Goldstone is chief executive of Invictor. Arnold, we've seen a slowdown in, in some sectors which you're exposed to. Have you seen the same slowdown? Yes, absolutely. The obvious one is mining, mm. but that has a knock-on effect on uh, manufacturing because South African manufacturing is largely predicated upon mining. So there's been a knock-on effect. And also what is not so visible is that during the past year that we are looking at, there were other strikes as well which affected uh, industry as a whole, amongst others the, the freight uh, mm. strike. So, you know, there have been disruptions to the normal flow of business. Is this possibly the worst that you've seen in the past couple of years? You know, as a management team, we were just discussing that this morning, and this is worse for us than the financial crisis. The financial crisis was a crisis of confidence and a systemic crisis, whereas this goes to the root of the production within the country. And this is by far the most challenging year in many for us. Arnold, is South Africa becoming deindustrialized? We think so. You know, we, we referred to that exactly a year ago when we released our mm. 2012 results. And our, our perception at that stage, although it was more anecdotal, and we measured it by looking at the customers we were dealing with, what was happening to them, were they surviving, weren't they, what were they buying, etc. So the anecdotal evidence that we had was that South Africa was slowly deindustrializing. And we took steps to mitigate that, you know, by looking into Africa, looking abroad, and the made acquisition abroad. So, yes, we believe that South Africa is, is deindustrializing slowly, slowly, which is, of course, not good for South Africa. Mm. In terms of, of hedging against that, you obviously did buy Kian An in, in Singapore, and we'll get to that. Uh, is Africa a, a real opportunity for, for Invicta? Yes, it is, um, on two fronts. Firstly, on the industrial mining side, it's very isolated. Um, there isn't much industrial activity in Africa. There is mining activity, so that's certainly an opportunity for us. On our agricultural and construction machinery side, there are opportunities, and uh, they, they are sporadic, but slowly but surely Africa is developing as a uh, producer of agricultural product. And then on our building, building materials business, which is still a, kind of a fledgling business for us, there is massive opportunity in Africa. Arnold, that, that acquisition in Singapore, Kianan Engineering, you bought that in October for uh, the, the, the full purchase price, 1.4 billion rand yes. roughly. In hindsight, it seems as if that was almost the perfect time to, to make that acquisition. Uh, if, we, if we look at it today, it might have cost you a great deal more. It, Probably would have, and thank you for the compliment. We do think it was well-timed. Um, yes, if one just uses a simple calculation, it would probably have cost us of the order of 130 to 140 million rand more had we paid away today. We have got uh, two months of Kianan in, in your numbers today. That contribution from the business, though, is, is likely to really kick in once, once the debt is repaid and once the gearing is removed and as that business kicks in. Yes, absolutely. And that was the whole intention, is to buy it on full gearing because as a group we generate a huge amount of cash and uh, we would rather use that cash for acquisitions than use equity, which, of course, is something that is expensive uh, to use. Mm.
Arnold, just looking ahead, the, the current year, the, the first few months of this financial year, tougher than, than last year? Um, I wouldn't say tougher than last year. Certainly the same as last year. There hasn't really been any change to the circumstances. You know, mining is still stuttering along uh, virtually from day to day, depending on what sort of the labor situation is. Mm. And on the capital equipment front, um, agricultural machinery sales, which have been released, uh, they are released monthly for the industry as a whole. They are approximately 5% down on last year figures. So it's, it's more or less on, on the par with our experience for the 2013 year. So no, no great growth at the moment uh, in the industries that we service. You know, we overcome that by improving our um, uh, gross margins where we can, stealing market share where we can, expanding our base, which we have done very carefully and almost quietly behind the scenes. We are constantly increasing our base with acquisitions. And then, of course, watching our costs. If we can maintain our cost structure and contain it, then we are able to successfully weather any challenges that uh, might come economically. Arnold Goldstone is Chief Executive of Invicta. Property Insights brought to you by Redefine Properties. Redefine, we're not landlords, we're people. Well, Johannesburg now ranks in global real estate firm Jones Lang LaSalle's top 20 global emerging property investment hotspots. Jeremy Kelly, Director of Global Research at Jones Lang LaSalle, joins us from London. Jeremy, Johannesburg, the only city in Africa on this list of top 20 as far as uh, emerging property investment hotspots is concerned. What kinds of other cities are, are on that list? Um, well, we've, I mean, Jones Lang LaSalle as part of our world winning cities program have been analyzing city competitiveness and flows of capital into commercial real estate. And so the 20 cities that we've identified that are emerging hotspots, um, tend to be those that are, um, in the emerging market as investors look for growth opportunities. So we're talking, um, a number of Asian markets such as Bangkok, Kuala Lumpur, Jakarta, Manila. Um, as well as Latin American markets, Mexico City, Sao Paulo, Rio, for example, and some of the more dynamic U.S. cities, such as Austin, Texas, or San Jose in, in California. Um, and Johannesburg is the only um, African city sort of bubbling beneath the top 30 that we've identified. Jeremy, as, as, as far as uh, the, the global landscape is concerned, obviously uh, you've got your kind of tier one cities uh, such as London, New York, Tokyo. Those, uh, I guess, would, would attract the bulk of, of uh, property investment and, and attention. And then outside of that, I, I guess, uh, a next tier of cities. Where, where does this list of 20 fit in? Okay, so at the moment we've got five cities which is London, New York, Tokyo, Paris, and Hong Kong, which between them account for a quite an incredible 25% of all direct commercial real estate investment. So very high concentration in just five cities. Mm. Then we've got another 25 cities that account for uh, another 25%. So those top 30 cities account for... Um, half of, of total real estate investment across the globe. But we, our sort of hypothesis is that um, those 30 cities will expand into 50, 50 cities that would include Johannesburg because 
A, there's an intense investor competition in these major markets, as in particular the sovereign wealth funds target trophy assets. Mm. B, because um, investors are looking for growth opportunities and therefore they're looking to tap into the favorable um, economic and demographic conditions in many emerging markets. And thirdly, investors are simply chasing where the occupiers of real estate are going, so where the corporates are extending their global footprint. And so we believe that those top 30 cities will become the top 50 cities in terms over the next, over the remainder of this decade. Jeremy Kelly there, the Director for Global Research at Jones Lang LaSalle. Property Insights was brought to you by Redefine Properties. Redefine. We're not landlords, we're people. Here we are, Wombat Consulting. Morning, sir. Oh, jeez, it's like the North Pole in here. Air conditioning's on the blink. Yeah. Sorry, Mandy. Hey, Ice Patch. Oh, can't you fix that? Landlords don't have the budget. Nina's mustard, they are. Why don't you find somewhere else, then? Actually, it's not so bad. We get snow in the canteen sometimes. What the hell was that? Arctic wolves. Don't worry, they ignore us most of the time. Just like a stupid landlord. Need better space? More space? Less space? Call Redefine Properties. Redefine. We're not landlords. We're people. And that's where we'll leave it. The uh, SAFM Market Update returns tomorrow evening at 6 o'clock at 6.30 now. And time for Game Plan.